Okay, there we go. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome. Glad you're all here. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Dan's Fish live stream. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger from dansfish.com. We do this every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. And we basically do a few fun things. We geek out on fish, which is always fun. Um, last few weeks, we've done a giveaway. We're going to do another one of those tonight. And I'll tell you what we're giving away and how to enter in a wee bit here. And I kind of update you on dance fish and what's going on with, with me in the fish room in the business and everything. And then we get to your questions and comments. So we're going to try to wrap this up by 8.30 Mountain Time. It's 7 o'clock right now Mountain Time. So we're going to try to just go an hour and a half. couple reasons. Um, early on when the stream was smaller, it didn't really matter when we ended. But we, as we've grown, it's, it's getting longer and longer and longer. And I don't want my mods to be up, you know, <laughs> super late. I also don't want to compete with... Um, Folks that want to stream after me, I think it'd be awesome if there was someone that could be like, okay, at 8.30, I go. And uh, 54 Punchy's been going after me, but she hasn't really known, I think, when to start a stream because mine's ended at such variable times. So 54 Punchy, we're going to start ending at 8.30 here, my time, if, if that helps you at all. Um, yeah, just to give some some structure to it now that we've grown enough that the stream's starting to go sometimes like two hours or more. So, and the other reason is I, I want to get up and tuck my kids in good night, you know, before it gets too late. School's in session now and they need their, they need their sleep so they can do well in school. So that's the plan for tonight. Um, we'll end about eight 30. We'll, we'll do the giveaway at any time. Um, last time we told people when we would do the giveaway tonight. Uh, I'm not going to tell you when we're going to do it. Um, someone suggested, I think lumpy dog, uh, last week. Hey, let's try it with no one knowing when. So at some point we'll do the giveaway here in skippers aquariums. Um, I'll, I'll tell you about 15 minutes before that happens, just so you can wrap anything up. Although, oh wait, we got Nightbot working. So never mind, Skipper, you're off the hook. Let me just double check that Nightbot's working for the giveaway. It is awesome. Um, so with that, let's get right into the live stream. So I'm gonna start by answering, um, well, I'm gonna talk about the fish we're giving away and how to enter the giveaway. And then I'm going to answer some questions. I've got some interesting questions this week, and I'm, I'm just going to take some time to go over them briefly, and then we'll get to your questions and comments. So tonight we're going to be giving away some amazing little fishies. Let me show you a video that I took. Oh, when did I take it? Like 10 minutes ago that will show you exactly what you're getting Give me half a second to find it here. There it is. Um, it's on a GoPro that I just took. Okay, it's rolling. Let me take the volume out, get it sized for you all so you all can see it on a screen share here and show you these fish. So these are Geophagus surinamensis, a really nice Geophagus, really pretty. I'm going to show you um, this clip. These are juveniles. When they came, they had no color, but I've had them for a little while now, and they're starting to get just a little bit of color. So take a look at them, and then we'll show you um, what the adults look like in just a moment. So here you go. These are the actual fish that 
you'll be getting in the giveaway. Oh, I thought I muted that. There we go. So these guys get some size on them. Right now, they're two to three inches, say. The biggest ones, um, maybe three inches. They're going to grow to six to eight inches. They do get some size on them. But even though they're big, they're not a problem as far as eating other fish and things. They often won't even bother really small fish. They just, their mouths are so, um, yes, Michael Brandle, I'm in live chat. Thank you. I, re, I actually remembered to do that <laughs> before I started the stream, before I went live, but thank you for the reminder. Um, their mouth, they just ran from the camera. They'll be back in a moment. Their mouths are so specialized at sifting sand and mud and stuff that's where they get the, the name geophagus, which means earth eater, that they don't have the dentition and mouth structure, really the interest to eat small fish. Now, tiny little fry, they might slurp up, but um, I've kept them with like little white clouds. I've kept them with small rasboras and things like that. It was never a problem. The only time I found it to be an issue is if the fish or if the geophagus are in the tank well established and then you dump little fish in there, then they're going to think they're getting fed and they'll, they'll chase them around for a while. And that can be stressful for the newly introduced fish. But if that's not uh, the situation, then I've found them to be really peaceful and not bother anything. So even though they get big, they're still a good community fish. Now, now again, little tiny, tiny fish they might eat. And if they're established and then you add a bunch of little fish that are all disoriented and swimming crazy like they do when they're first um, introduced to a tank, then you might have an issue. But besides that, pretty good. So here's those are the kind of juveniles. Here's the adults when they get color. Some of these feel a little photoshopped to me, but this this looks like a pretty accurate representation of this fish um, right here. This isn't, this one's not bad either. They, they do get some really nice color on them and really long extensions um, on some of the fins. So if you win the giveaway today, I'll send you three of these. And to enter the giveaway, leave hashtag, what did we decide? Hang on. Oh yeah. Hashtag no more professor. And for those of you that have been in the stream for a while, you'll know what that means. <laughs> Hashtag is no more professor. If you leave that, then um, you will be entered into the giveaway. And let me make sure my mods can enter. And uh, later in the stream, we'll do a random roll for that. And you might win. So let me enter mine. No more professor. All right. That's all set up now. So that should go smoothly. We hope this time we tested it last time and um, <laughs> hopefully it works this time. Um, let me share this with you guys real quick, just so that HC can see it and tell me if I did anything wrong. So I added the mods. So everyone in the chat should be eligible it says three eligible users. I think it's just catching up. Four, five. Okay, yeah, it's just catching up. Um, here's the hashtag. No more professor. I don't think it matters if you have capitalizations in it or anything like that. Um, okay, I think we're all. I think we're all good. Cool. Well, let me get to answering some questions I've had. Um, 
that I think would make interesting topics for discussion. Caleb Aquatics, $1.99. Thank you. Thank you for the super chat. We'll see you at Aquashella. I'll be there. I wish. I wish. Um, so, Caleb, right now, I'm planning a large expansion of my business, Dance Fish. So, I've been kind of doing Dance Fish more or less full time for going on just about a year now. So, I've collected enough data that I know what the business is doing. I have a feel for its potential and all that. So I think it's worth scaling up. So I'm dumping all my attention, all my resources into maintaining what I have and scaling up the next business. So unfortunately right now, I don't have the uh, mental capacity of just bandwidth or the funds to go to Aquashella um, because I'm, I'm so busy with this massive project. And it takes a lot of time. I'm, I'm, I've got to plan the whole facility. I've got to get investment. So I'm, I'm meeting with folks that have the, uh, capacity, the monetary capacity to become part of the business and invest in the business and meeting with them and all that. So uh, won't be at Aquashella. But thanks for the super chat. And one day I will. Um, but before I do Aquashell, I'm going to do fish clubs like the American Killifish Association annual meeting and the ACA and the ALA and all that. That's what I really like. Um, but Aquashell looks interesting. So I'll probably get there eventually, but not not at this time. All right. So, oh, one other thing I want to do is I think I want to show you something on Get Gills. There were some really neat fish that came Um on to get gills recently that I think are worth checking out. They're these Alta Lamprologus compressiceps. These are the black. Five of them for 50 bucks or one for 12. And the reason I want to show you this is this is cheaper than I can import them for, I think. Like 10 bucks a fish for this fish, I think is just an absolutely smoking deal. I think that's a generous offer. So um, I, I just thought that that was worth bringing to your attention. Autolamprologus are notoriously slow growing fish. It takes literally years to grow them up to the point they can spawn. And so usually they're super expensive just because just because of the time to spawn. Right. Um, and and 10 bucks a pair. That's I think that's a brilliant deal. So I'm not deep into the Tanganyika and cichlid scene. So someone here might be like, oh, I know where I can get those for $2, but I kind of doubt it. I feel like 10 bucks is, uh, for a fish is, is really good. Okay. So I've had lots of inquiries about how do I make green water? So I use green water to feed little baby like bettas and rasboras and kerosins, tetras, things like that. Uh, fish with really tiny fry because the green water is just full of algae, but also all the little microorganisms that feed on the algae. And it can be difficult to grow green water. And here's the reason. All the other algaes will compete for it. So if you have surface growing algae, um, any of the algaes that we can get coating our plants or coating our glass or whatever, those will suck up so many nutrients often that they'll outcompete the green water algae, which is the free floating stuff that lives in the water column. So the way what you have to do in my experience to get a good, reliable culture of green water is take care of all the other algae in the tank, get rid of it. And so the best way I found to do that is with scuds. So what I do for green algae is I get a tank, I put a bunch of scuds in it, 
and I put water Sprite in the tank. The water Sprite helps keep the, the tank super clean. It provides something for the scuds to, to chew on if you forget a feeding or something like that. And just get the scud culture going, get the water Sprite really going in there. And once the scud culture is going and the water Sprite's going and there's no algae anywhere because the scuds have eaten it all, then remove the water Sprite. What's going to happen is all the nutrients you're putting in the water to feed the scuds is no longer getting sucked up by the water sprite. There's no surface dwelling algae because the scuds eat that stuff really fast. So now green water has a chance to bloom in the water column. So just keep feeding the scuds. And in my experience, that'll provide enough nutrients for the green water to take off. If it doesn't for you, then you could get some of the easy green or other fertilizers and, and add some more nutrients to the water for the green water. Um, I have the light on on that tank for 12 to 14 hours a day. You can play with it, but it's basically a trick of how do you get rid of all the algae so that those nutrients are available for the free floating algaes. So for everyone that's asked that question, there's been several, uh, that's my method. Scud culture with water Sprite, take out the water Sprite, pretty quick you'll have green water. I still do the water changes and everything because that helps keep the scuds happy and healthy and producing, but you could mess with that. Um, you could mess with not changing water for a while or whatever. Uh, that might help get more algae blooming. So anyway, that's the answer to that question for those that were asking. Um, oh, I want to show you one other thing on Get Gills. There was someone that reached out and was like, you know, there's this one store that posts lots of stuff on there and and um, doesn't have pictures. And I don't want I don't want to see that in my feed. So let me show you how you block different stores. So if I go to my account here and click on customize and let's say I don't want to see Dan's fish. We'll pick on me. Um, then I'll go down here to Dan's fish. I'll click hide. And now you won't see any more listings from Dan's fish. Okay, so that's how you do that. So for anyone here that's wondering, how do you not see listings from a certain seller on Get Gills? Just go to your account, click customize, and click the hide button for whichever vendor you, you don't wanna see the listings at that time. And then when you do wanna see the listings again, just go click it again and it'll, it'll reappear. So pretty simple stuff. Um, the last thing I wanna talk about here is I had Fish and Wildlife reach out to me, which was, you know, not scary at all. No, it really wasn't. It was it was kind of an honor. And, um, you know, I work with Fish and Wildlife when I import fish. And um, so they kind of know who I am. And they reached out and they said, look, we, we're having a problem. Sometimes fish are seized. Like there's smuggled fish that we find sometimes. And we take the fish and we have this issue, which is how do you keep them alive? Basically, if you're fish and wildlife, how do you keep these fish alive until the court date's done and all that finishes? And you can, I don't know what they do with the fish at that point. Uh, hopefully give them to a hobbyist, but probably dispose of the fish. But anyway, they're wondering how do you keep fish alive when you have an aquarium that doesn't usually have fish in it? So the situation is they have this aquarium and very, every now and then they'll see some smuggled fish and they'll have to try to keep them alive until the court date or whatever. 
But since that fit, that tank doesn't have fish in it most of the time, its cycle is constantly bouncing around. They're getting ammonia, all these issues. So just to speak to that real quick, um, because I, I told the officer that I would talk about it tonight so they could, you know, listen. Um, and this can be an issue in pet stores, too, where a tank fills up and then sells out and then it's empty for a while. Or even in your fish room, when you're waiting for that one species you're dreaming of and you want to have your tank available for it so that when it comes in, you can actually order it. Right. And not be like, man, it's finally available. I've waited 10 years and I don't have a, an aquarium form. I have no space. Right. Um, so my favorite method of doing this is twofold. The first is there's a couple. Um the first, though, is live plants in the tank, water sprites, great, and a whole bunch of live food. A large snail population will keep that um, cycle going without any problem. Scuds will do the same thing. You can also use black worms. You could use um, ghost shrimp if you wanted. This little critters that aren't fish that are super easy to keep alive and don't take a lot of monitoring. That's why snails comes to mind. So if you have plants in there and you have a lot of light on the tank, then algae is going to be growing and stuff. And so they're easy to take care of because, again, if you miss a feeding, there's plenty of algae for them to chew on. So my advice for anyone that's trying to keep a tank going for a long time without fish is just use live foods or snails or some, some other critter like that. Keep them in there and they're just as good as, as, good as fish at you know, producing waste that feeds the nitrifying bacteria that keeps your cycle healthy. So that's my biggest tip. Um, in fact, I really like doing that because then tanks that are empty, they're, they're just getting more seasoned and more seasoned and more seasoned. And you never have to worry about when you finally get the fish you want. Now, the other way you can do that is just grab, I don't know, I use guppies all the time. Grab some guppies from a tank, put them in there, um, put a few in there, right? And keep them in there. But in fish and wildlife's situation, they kind of have one aquarium and they don't have other fish they can just put in there to keep the cycle going. Um, so anyway, those are the questions that were asked this week that, that popped up into my mind as good uh, topics for discussion. Um, for those that are just joining us to win some Geophagus surinamensis, leave hashtag no more professor in the comments and you'll be entered to win. And we'll end this stream by 8.30 and draw at some point before then. All right, I'm going to get to your questions and comments here. I've seen some good ones come in. And um, so let me scroll up and get to them. If you have a question or comment for me, please ask. If you make it at Dan's Fish, so it highlights for me, I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, as that way I can see it and get right to it. Okay, HC Aqua looks good. Awesome. The Nightbot thing. A lot of no more professors coming in. Michael Wentworth, where do you get that sweet shirt? Breeding is pleasure. Oh, yeah, thanks. I, I totally forgot. Finally, mine came in. It was in the mail forever. I, like, created the shirt and ordered it. And um, a bunch of other people got their shirts before I did. And they've been posting them on uh, the Get Gills Facebook page and or Facebook group. And I've been jealous every time, but I'm not jealous anymore. Mine finally came in. So we went from a, a slip of the tongue on the live stream to uh, the Breeding His Pleasure stickers to, uh, to T-shirts. 
I think it'll probably stop there. I doubt we'll be like painting it on the side of our cars or anything like that. But <laughs> if you want one, you can get it at Teespring. I'm sure that a link will be posted several times in the chat. But Teespring Dan's Dash Fish is the store where you can find them. All right, Michael Wentworth, thanks for the opportunity. Seems like people are having a lot of fun with the giveaways. No more professor. Yeah, so far, so good. So we're going to keep doing it for a while. 141 watching. That's amazing. Thanks for being here, everyone. If you take a moment to like, share, subscribe, hit notification bells, all that jazz, it would be most appreciated. Jerome Horn, thanks for coming into the Get Gills Facebook group. We'll get you uh, officially membered here at the end of the stream. 54 Punchy, if anyone has a question, be sure to put at Dan's Fish so he will see you. Chat is fine tonight. Yes. Yes, that helps a lot. Lumpy Dog, hey, Dan's Fish, any thoughts on pushing the fish ads without photos to the bottom of the page? I see there are a few sections are dominated by ads without pics. Uh, a new user might be turned off. Yeah, so Lumpy Dog, I have thought about that. That's why I went over how to hide um, a store you don't want to see. If, if you feel like your feed's getting clogged because of a lack of pictures. When we first started the site, Jonathan and I talked about this issue um, at getgills.com. So if you have fish or fish supplies you want to sell, we want you to be able to have a good place to do it. So we built getgills.com. It's easy to post pictures and videos and all that um, so people can see what they're getting. And it's kind of a modern website for, um, for fish trading. And we thought about this, like, do we want to require a picture? And we thought, no, not really, because we don't want to keep someone from being able to post an item if they don't have a picture. And so that's been our ethos to this point. Just try to make it open and accessible and as easy as we can for people, no matter what level they're posting at. Um, now there's... Um, Lots of postings with pictures, but there's there's some that like there's some sections that no pictures are posted is kind of throwing off the aesthetic. And we have been kind of trying to figure out how to best handle that. We don't want a vendor to be like punished for not having a picture. I know how hard it is to get <laughs> decent pictures, but we also want the site to be aesthetically pleasing. So we're chewing on that lumpy dog and we haven't thought of what you said yet which is pushing the ads without pictures to the bottom. Um, so we'll add that to the list of things to consider. Or do we just make it, you know what? You have to attach a picture when you're listing. Maybe we need to require a picture. Um, it's like Instagram, right? You're not going to be able to post an Instagram, uh, anything on Instagram if there's no picture attached, just because that's the aesthetic of the site. So we're wrestling with that lumpy dog. I appreciate your suggestion. And it's, it's never been a problem before. It's only in the last couple of weeks that there's got to be this critical mass of listings without pictures. So we're, we're suddenly thinking about it for the last couple of weeks. Caleb Aquatics, can I use your description form giveaway tomorrow? Yeah, anyone can use my, uh, in my description, there's all the rules of the giveaway. Anyone feel free to use those. But caveat, I don't know how good they are. Like I'm not a lawyer or anything. I just read YouTube's rules and wrote something out, which I'm pretty confident 
fulfills all their requirements and, and makes things clear for people. So things like needing to be present to win, things like, uh, you know, if you're outside of the United States, I'm sorry, but I can't ship to you. Um, you know, just all those, all those different things. So feel free to use them, but Caleb, I, I can't guarantee they're any good. In fact, just earlier today, I saw a video. Thanks everybody for joining up on the Get Gills um, Facebook group. That's awesome. That's what the sound is. Everyone joining up. Um, and it's a fun group, by the way. I saw a video recently of a lawyer on YouTube who's giving away free giveaway descriptions. So I'm going to, at some point in the next couple days, check that video out and see if his descriptions are are better than mine for the, or the giveaway rules. But yeah, feel free. Anyone that wants to use any of my materials. um, The only thing I would ask is if you use a picture that you just give me some credit, say thanks, Dan, or thanks, Dan's fish for the picture or whatever. But my pictures are so bad. I doubt anyone's going to be using them. Chewy LTD, what kind of Tetris from Africa would you recommend for a biotope to get along with African butterfly cichlids as I was discussing this possibility? I'll show you the perfect one. It's the African pencil tetra. Thanks for joining up, folks. That's great. This tetra right here is um, from Nigeria, from Akayo Ogabwa. Agboa. I don't know how to say that. Um, it's very rare to find it. I've only seen it once in person. And it's because I actually literally brought them in from Nigeria. They stay small, maybe an inch and a half or so. And so they don't get too big, but they're deep bodied enough that they'll do really well with African butterfly cichlids. They also kind of tend to stay in the top areas of the tank, not like straight up at the top, like like a half beak or something, but they're more in the upper areas and the cichlids are more generally in the, in the lower areas. So this is the one I would, I would really highly recommend. Um, Brycinus would be fine. Uh, Congo tetras and things like that would all be fine, but those African pencil tetras are, they're just something special and unique. And when you see those, to me, that says Africa, you know? Um, yeah. Ricinus do as well. So those are my thoughts, Chewy. 54 Punchy, if anyone has a question. All right. Thank you, Pam, for listing that. In fact, thanks to all my mods. So good to have you here. And Candy, so glad you could join us. New Mexico Aquatics. Hey, little Bobby. If I put cherry barbs into a 10-gallon spawning tank, how long should I leave them in there? Should I use a trio? And what is the best substrate? Marbles, java fern? Okay. So I'm assuming um, that Edward, thanks for joining up. Edward Rodriguez. I'm assuming that this is for breeding. So there's a couple ways to do it. I always liked group spawning. Lots of males, lots of females. If you're going to cut it down to just a few fish, I'd recommend two males to one female. So a reverse trio tends to work best. Although cherry barbs are so simple that you'd probably be fine with a male and female. But you kind of want two males and a female instead of two females and a male because if you have two females and one male, the male drives the spawning. So he'll chase the female around to spawn with her and the other female is being left alone. So she's free to follow around that pair and eat the eggs as they spawn. If you have two males and one female, then generally both males will be driving the female for spawning. Um, And the males kind of compete a little bit with each other to get their sex drive ramped up, I guess, for spawning. And so 
it tends to be more prolific that way. A pair is fine as well. Now, for substrate, the way I do it is a bare bottom tank with a bowl in there, a good size like cereal bowl made of ceramic so it sinks, marbles in the bottom of the bowl a couple layers thick, and then java moss on top of that or something to attract them to spawn there. You could, could put a bunch of marbles or really thick gravel in that 10 gallon tank a few layers deep so the eggs fall through but the parents can't get to it but the issue there is that's a whole lot of marbles and gravel and you're gonna have to dig around there and it's gonna be hard to get to the eggs and stuff so my recommendation would be a bare bottom 10 gallon aquarium ceramic bowl that's good sized like a, one of those big cereal bowls where you're like man one of these and i'm stuffed right that that size um few layers of marbles, and then some java moss on top. That's my recommendation. Michael Brandle, what's your favorite scud food? My favorite is frozen pumpkin. So every Halloween we do jack-o'-lanterns, right? And once Halloween's done, I take those jack-o'-lanterns and I cut off all the pumpkin meat. I don't know why we call it meat. <laughs> and I cut it into cubes about, I don't know, inch, inch and a half cubes. And I put it in big Ziploc bags and throw it in the freezer. That's my favorite food because once it's thawed, it, it then becomes, it's not like gross and, well, it's a little gross and slimy, but it's not like okra <laughs> slimy. Um, and it becomes a soft texture that's really easy for the scuds to eat and burrow into. So I take that out, set it on a, a counter for, I don't know, an hour or so till it thaws stick a fork in it and put it in the scud tank. That's my favorite. I also use just food waste from the kitchen, vegetables and fruits, not like meats and stuff, although you could, but that gets to your tank pretty nasty. So uh, watermelon rind, scrub off the rind pretty good, right? Um, so you get the wax and any chemicals and stuff off it, but watermelon rind, they love. Um, we got a papaya recently and it was kind of gross. So now I'm feeding them the papaya. So really any vegetable scraps, I wouldn't use like onions and garlic and stuff. Nothing that's like, I don't know, like got that kick to it, but anything else is, is pretty much fine. But my favorite frozen pumpkin or pretty much any squash, I guess would work. Killers Aquatics, if anyone has a question or comment, okay, thank you, Bob. Be sure to put Dan's fish at it. And by the way, um, there were a couple questions and comments before we went live. And um, one or two of those was really good. And I can't remember them now. And now I can't go up any higher. I can't see what was posted before we went live. So if you'd repost that, if I missed you, that would be great. Um, Kills Aquatics at Dan's Fish. Jeff Chamber, uh, did he say which geos? Yeah, Geophagus surinamensis. 154 watching. Not bad. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you being here. Bearded Bob's Fish Room. What's up, Fish Tube? Hey, good to see you, Bearded Bob. So many Bobs, I'm glad we clarify which one this is. <laughs> when, when I'm on, <laughs> I lurk in Bob Steenfot streams a lot while I'm working in the fish room because he's up to like st three streams a week now. So there's always something to listen to, right? And <laughs> you get like five Bobs in there. <laughs> so it's good to know the bearded Bob. All right. Cares Aquatics, thanks for listing the uh, Get Gills store for me. 
I do always appreciate all my customers, all the orders. Thanks so much. Uh, keeping me afloat here, and I appreciate that. Uh, Chewy, hello to the fish and game officer. Lots of good information about native fish can be gotten from their side of the government and invasive species. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely don't have a bad relationship with fish and game. I mean, I, I respect those people quite a lot. And I'm really careful not to, you know, do anything that could get me in trouble. So I don't mind hanging out with them at all. All right. Chat jumped on me, which is why I'm mumbling as I scroll up looking for... There we... Oops. Nope. Didn't quite get there. There we are. Sorry. Every now and then chat goes, we're jumping to the bottom now. And it just does it. Edward Rodriguez, you should have told Fish and Wildlife to build a fish room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they really were clear about the situation. The guy was like, look, I want to take better care of these fish. Uh, this happens occasionally. How can I give them a place to live where they'll be happy, um, you know, when it's when this is the situation? So they're trying. You know, they don't have, you know, there's fish and game offices or centers all dotted all around. Some of them are really well funded and manned and can do lots of things. Some of them, it's like one person running around like crazy trying to get everything done. So it can be a tough job. Hey, Michael Thornley Wildlife Foundation. Thanks for being here. I I uh, just found your channel from your comment the other day, and I really like it. There's some neat videos there. Thanks for sharing all that stuff. FishTube, how have you dealt or are going to deal with having fish that just don't seem to sell so you aren't sitting on idle inventory? It's a good question. Um, so my plan, well, basically... The main way I do that is if fish don't sell, then um, I just reduce the price a ton. So there's a real problem in a store, which is space and the value of each square foot of that space, right? So if I get in a fish that I think is super cool and it fills up a tank, then that's valuable space being used by that fish. If no one's buying that fish, and it's a species which prevents me from putting other fish in that tank, then technically that space is wasted. And I'm putting that in air quotes because, you know, fish are living creatures and want respect. We're never wasting space, giving them a place to live. But um, as, a, as far as making profit goes, that space is wasted. So basically, it's sometimes worth it to liquidate that fish you know, reduce the, the price a ton so you can sell it um, just to free up that tank so that then you can put something in there that will move. So that's basically fish tube, the, uh, the way I look at it. If there's a fish is just not selling, and especially if it's a species where I'm like, well, I can't put anything else in that tank until this species is sold, then I'll reduce the price drastically and um, sell it. In fact, Sometimes I'll just give them away. Like I've done that before to a local school or a local hobbyist. Been like, hey, I know you like this kind of fish. I've got this tank full of them. They've been here for a year. Um, do you want them? And just sell them or give them away. Yep. So it, there's nothing worse than having a tank 
that isn't producing any kind of return for you. And you do have to be proactive about that. Um, Jessica Anders, why can't I keep algae eaters alive? They live two weeks max. Thanks for the help, guys. All right, so Jessica, there's a few thoughts I have here for this. Um, the first one is to know it might not be anything you are doing. Even the most expert fish keepers occasionally find a fish that is easy to keep and that doesn't do well for them. And it could be different things. It could be just that their water type is not suitable for that fish. It could be there's a chemical in their water uh, that the municipality puts in that that fish is particularly sensitive to. But I think normally what it might be is the source you're getting from the, them from fish often um, just carry sicknesses with them that we can't see and don't know about um, that just do them in. And there's nothing you can do about that if you get a fish with that situation. It happens to me occasionally. It happens to everybody. Um, we have some parasite medicines that can treat some parasites. We have antibiotics that can treat some antibiotics, but we don't have anything for viruses. So if a fish comes in with the virus and that virus takes hold due to the stress of the import process and all that, um, you could put it in the perfect home and it could still die on you. And so that is something that could be happening. So I just want you to know there are scenarios where it's not your fault and there's nothing you could have done. Okay. Um, there's certain parasites and bacteria, same kind of thing. Now, let's say that's not the case. What I found with algae eaters is key is a well-seasoned tank, meaning a tank that's been up and running and established for a few months so that the algaes come in it, um, then probably died back a bit, but you had the algae bloom. Hopefully there's plants in there and things. It's just a system that's been up and stable for a long time. They come from flowing water. They don't like ammonia and nitrites. They're pretty hardy, don't get me wrong, but they come from flowing water. So they don't like those and they like well oxygenated water. They also don't like the temperature too high. Now this tank is in the low 80s right now. It's probably 82 degrees right this minute. Most of my tanks aren't. They're less, they're cooler, but this particular tank's a little warmer. Um, and the algae eaters are doing fine in there, but I have a lot of really good filtration on it to keep it well oxygenated. So well oxygenated, no ammonia nitrite, really well established tank. That's generally the recipe for success, unless they just came in with something, which in which case there's not always something that you can do to help them. So those are my thoughts on that. And, and I feel your pain. There's nothing I hate more than getting a batch of fish in and watching them melt down and there's nothing I can do about it. Sometimes literally, sometimes I'll take some of the fish and send them to a vet for histology and they'll give me the report and they're like, yep, this fish has a virus. There's nothing you can do. In which case you just keep them as comfortable as you can for as long as you can, right? So that's kind of the, the sad side of things. And I don't know if that's happening, but I want you to be aware of the possibilities so you don't beat yourself up. If all the other fish in the tank are doing well and have been doing well for a long time, and then you get an algae eater and you put it in there and it just eventually wastes away after a week or two or three, and that keeps happening, 
you might want to switch your source and try getting them from elsewhere. All right, Countryside Aquatics. I got my first killifish. Yes! A week ago at a local club auction. Already have eggs from the gardener I got. Any tips? Um, yeah, enjoy. Like, it sounds like you're on su- on the road to success. First, you got killifish. Smart move. Second, you got gardener eye. Really smart move. And now you got eggs. So you're doing something right. Um, really, really quickly, ways to breed and raise gardener eye that are super simple. One, put them in a well-planted tank and then remove the parents. The babies will appear and feed them baby brine shrimp. Super easy. Two, um, collect the eggs from a mop at which point you can either put them in water or you can put the eggs on damp peat moss. I would highly, highly recommend damp peat moss. It helps keep uh, bacteria and fungus from killing the eggs. And that way you can put a week's worth of eggs in there at once. You can collect every day for a week and you can keep them in the peat moss until all the eggs, you can see the eyes, and then you flood them with water and they all hatch at once. So you get a bigger hatch at once. Um, because they won't hatch until you flood them with water. So those are my basic thoughts. Baby brine shrimp is your friend. They'll eat microworms as well. Live food is your friend for getting them started. I don't have a lot of luck raising baby killifish of the Aphiosimian funnelopanchax types, um, unless I have baby brine shrimp. And microworms are good too. Vinegar eels are good too, but baby brine shrimp are just indispensable for me. Rockford Fishkeeping, I have a bad algae problem in a tank. Would you sell some scuds? Um, Rockford, I can't right now just because I overfed my population and then some people really wanted them. So I sold some and and my population just got down to the point where I need to rebuild it. So I'm rebuilding the population right now. So I really don't have any to spare. Um, The moment that population builds to the point where I can spare some, I'll list them again at uh, dansfish.com. Um, in the meantime, I got my original scuds from eBay. Um, there's almost always a few for sale there. So sorry, I can't help you out directly, but I just don't have enough. Icarian fish nerd. I feel like I butchered that. Icarian fish nerd. I think, I think, forgive me if I totally butchered that. What do you think about Egyptian mouth brooders? I love them but I don't have experience with them. It looks like an interesting small cichlid to keep. I know there's some folks in this chat that keep that fish. So I'm going to let them chime in for you because I love them. I think they're awesome. Um, I think they're pretty easy little fish. Um, not too crazy aggressive as far as cichlids go. Although during spawning males can get into it with each other. Um, but I'm going to let someone else answer that because I've never kept them uh, personally in my fish room. So I, I feel like anything I say would be secondhand, which is not the way to get good information. Sorry about that. I wish I knew more. Skipper. <coughs> Willie's Aquarium's question is any advice on keeping and breeding Aphiosimian striatum killifish? One of my favorites. Love that fish. Um, kept it for years. It bred tons of them. So yeah, I can talk about that one. So honestly, um, as far as keeping, the main thing I would say is have a lid on the tank because they jump a ton. A lot of killifish keepers use pretty much just live food. So if yours are not eating flakes and pellets or things like that, 
just realize they might not know what those are yet. Um, so if you have trouble getting them to eat, I would get a hold of some live foods, um, get them started, and then gradually transition them to flakes and pellets. And the way you do that is in the morning, feed a few flakes and pellets, not a ton, because the odds are they're not going to eat it and you don't want it to just sit in there and rot, right? But just a few, so they kind of come and pick at it a little bit. And they probably won't eat it. Now, if they are already eating flakes and pellets, congrats, you're halfway you're halfway done. And by the way, all the killifish I sell, all the fish I sell, period, are eating flakes and pellets unless I otherwise note it in the listing. I, I transition them before I sell them. But your general killifish nerd often just feeds live food. $20 super jet from Bob Kaler. Kaler's Aquatics, $20. Thank you, Bob. As always, never required, but always appreciated. And the wife, this makes her super happy. Thanks so much. Um, but feed a few in the morning. They'll probably just nibble at it and then ignore it. Then in the afternoon, feed some live food so they get fed. And just keep doing that. And after a few days or sometimes a couple weeks, it can take some patience. They'll get used to the live food. I'm sorry, the flake food or the pellet, whichever you're feeding. And by the way, make it just one and stick with it um, or they'll get confused. Right. And um, they'll get used to it and they'll start sucking it into their mouth more for a little longer before they spit it out. And eventually they'll suck it into their mouth and they'll swallow it. Right. And then you've won. Then you can rotate that into the diet with the live food. Now, if you can't get live food, you can use frozen foods. You can use blood worms and brine shrimp and stuff like that. Um, that can be helpful as well. But live food uh, sometimes really helps at the beginning if you got them from someone who just kept them on live food. A couple more super chats. Thank you so much. Kent's fish. Oh no. <laughs> I know it's about to happen. <laughs> yeah, this cracks me up. Kent's fish $1.99. <laughs> and 99 cents. And 99 cents. <laughs> Kent is the uh, the uh, the super chat troll. So every, anytime someone leaves a super chat, we all say thank you, right? And the mods all say, hey, thank you, Kent's fish. And so, so he just goes boom, 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 boom. And by the 20th time, it's like, thanks. It's so funny. I love it. Ken's Fish, thanks so much for the other 99 cent super chat. Tech Turtle, dollar super chat. Appreciate it. Always appreciated. Never required, but it makes Brenda, my wife, super happy. Um, so that's how to get killifish or other fish that are not easily transitioned or accustomed to prepared foods to eat that stuff. Besides that, I don't think they're hard to keep at all. Um, you want some kind of cover whether it's a spawning mop or plants or something just so that they can get comfortable and the female can get away from the male. If he's, you know, trying to breed and she doesn't want to, he can just drive her to distraction. Um, Skipper's aquariums, $20 skipper's aquariums. Thank you so much. I appreciate that very, very much. I, I appreciate all the super chats. I especially appreciate it when my, when my mods leave super chats, because I always feel like I should be paying them like they're working hard. But thank you so much, Skipper's Aquariums. Um, so some kind of cover. Apart from that, it's it's not real different from most other fish. Uh, keep the water quality 
good. You know, they don't like ammonia and nitrite and feed them well and change the water and all that. So those are my basic thoughts on that. By the way, they're a plant spawner. So you can put them in the, just like, just like I described for the um, gardener fish. You can spawn them all those ways. And even though they're a plant spawner, you can incubate the eggs on damp peat moss. And that's one of the best ways to do it. All right. Michael Wentworth, thank you for welcoming folks to the Get Gills Facebook group. Appreciate it. Caleb Aquatics, what time should I go live tomorrow for my giveaway? Oh, geez. Um, so, Caleb, I don't know because I don't know when other people are going live. But what I would suggest is check out this Facebook group. Let me find it. Nisi runs this. I think it's Aquarium Livestream information. Okay. So go here, Aquarium Livestream information, and you can see, for example, Wednesday. It'll, it'll show you who's live when. Okay. It's not up yet for Thursday, but I would check tomorrow morning for Thursday and see when other folks are doing it. And that might give you a, a sense of what slots are kind of open. I mean, you can always just go ahead and do it anytime, but if, but a couple things can happen. If there's a big YouTuber going at the same time you are, that could affect your participation, right? You might not get as many people. Or if there's a small person going up against you, you might be squishing them. And neither of those scenarios are good. So, I mean, go when you have to go. But my suggestion would be to look and, and see when you can do it to kind of synergize with what's going on instead of compete with what's going on as far as time slots. If you can. Sometimes you just got to say, look, this is the time I can do it. This is when I'm doing it. Connor Sings. Hi, I haven't been on your stream before. Welcome. But I'm relatively new to the fish tube community, even though I'm not a fish tuber myself, and I try my best to make it to every stream, fish fam for life. Hey, Connor, I'm honored you made it. Keep singing. Keep singing, brother. My wife is a professional singer, so I, if, if you sing, if you sing for a living, then I, I, I get it. I know that industry. <laughs> I'm, I'm very close to it. I understand, and I appreciate everything you go through. Fish Room Fever, $2. Thank you. There's no IOU button for the other 18. All. <laughs> Thanks for the super chat. Never required, but always appreciated. It makes Brenda super happy. Gibbs, how do you get your foot in the door with wholesalers for fish and products when you are just starting out? Okay, so Gibbs, it depends. Um, almost all the wholesalers won't deal unless you have a brick and mortar store. So if you have that, then pretty much any wholesaler you approach is gonna be fine dealing with you. Um, if that's not the case, then it can be kind of rough. Uh, you kind of just have to talk to different wholesalers till you find one that's okay with selling fish online and the one that seemed to be okay with it um, last time I talked to them, which was a while ago, and I don't know if their policies changed, but was was Nautilus. So check out Nautilus and see if they will uh, meet with you and be okay to deal with you. Some wholesalers are more progressive than others. Um, I I kind of deal with wholesalers every now and then, but 
I generally get my fish uh, at a, a level or two above them in the supply chain. So I haven't dealt with lots of wholesalers in, in quite a while or with any regularity. So you kind of have to just email and call and, and ask. But Nautilus is where I would start. Bathy Phila. Oh, and by the way, no wholesaler is going to want to deal with you if you can't do pretty large kind of bulk orders. So if if you don't have the capacity to spend, I don't know, 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks, something like that in one order and house all those new fish, it's going to be really hard to find a wholesaler because uh, at that point, they'll consider you a hobbyist and not a business. Bathy Phila, have you thought about separating the guppies from other live bears in the categories that get gills? Currently, live bears is mostly guppy, guppies, and it's hard to find other species. Yeah, you know what? It's probably time to do that. Thank you, Bathy Phila. So when we first started the site, you know, there was no activity on it at all. So we were like, okay, let's make these groups big with the plan to, as certain categories grew, to branch them off in their own categories and I think you're right. I think it's time to do that with guppies. So, yes. I'm going to make a note so I can talk to Jonathan about it and don't forget. Thanks for that thought. Yeah, absolutely. It's probably time to do that because I think there's like 60, 70 different guppy strains right now on get gills. And they're probably clogging the live bears category. G-Bear, that... That dance fish guy is missing a few picks. Yeah, I'm missing like, well, let's see. I mean, let's see how many I'm missing. Because if I'm calling people out, it's only fair that I call myself out too. I think I've got most of them. There's like a couple. Yeah, the orange hatchet Danio, just because good luck getting a picture of them that isn't just a fuzzy blur. Along with the show praise, I think the glow lights. No, I do have a picture of the glow lights. It's horrible, but I put it up there anyway. Um, these two as well, I just had trouble getting pictures of. Um, but I think that's it. I think that it's only like those three. So that's not too bad. But you're right. I'm definitely far from perfect. That is for sure. $30 from Bob Kaler again. Thank you so much, Bob Kaler. I very much appreciate it. Brenda will be happy, will be, sorry. Brenda will be very happy, got it. <laughs> the B and the very were combining, I was like, bevery? <laughs> Brenda will be very happy. <laughs> Brenda will be very happy. Thank you, Bob, I appreciate that. Thanks for your support over the years. I, I think Bob has been with me since like day one pretty much been through all the hard times. So thanks for sticking with it. <laughs> Jay Adams, if I don't win, you can ship to me, Caps Palm. <laughs> thanks, Jay Adams. <laughs> Bentley, hey, Bentley, so good to see you, my friend. If you're referencing YouTube law, his giveaway rules are very good. I've used them. Awesome. I'll check it out. I, I, I don't remember the exact name. I just was, I just saw it. It popped up and I was like, oh, I'm checking that out. And that was just earlier today. But good to know. YouTube, YouTuber law. Okay, I'm going to write that down. Because, I mean, there's, there's things I know. And then there's a couple things I know fairly well. There's a couple things I know well enough to know that I don't know that much about them. And then everything else, I'm completely ignorant. Let's put it that way. So <laughs> I appreciate that lead. 
Um, Candy, thanks for letting people to know, know to put at Dan's Fish so I can get to their question or comment. <laughs> Brian, you need to change the sound for when people join the Facebook page that isn't generic sound, but a recording of you saying, breeding is pleasure. That could get real creepy real fast. <laughs> Bathy Phila just found my first eggs from Aphiosemian Volcanum in my spawning moth. Awesome. Congratulations. For those that don't know this fish, it's one of my favorites. So let me show it to you. Okay. It's a Chromaphiosimian, which is kind of the subgenus or whatever, but it's it's this kind of fish, similar to the Poliake that I have for sale, um, Chromaphiosimian Poliake. But I love this whole genus, subgenus, because, I mean, look at this beautiful color, beautiful finage, and, and this isn't a lie. Like, they look seriously I don't know, sometimes better than this in person. And you know how much I like them because my logo here is, um, my logo is actually um, a silhouette of a picture of my own Chromaphiosimian that I took. I mean, I've, I love that fish. <laughs> Skipper's Aquariums, thank you so much. $10, I will match your 30 to make my total 30 at Kaler's Aquatics. Lol. Skipper's Aquariums, thank you. I really appreciate that. Now, if we could just get Mile High Plecos in here, it could be real fun. <laughs> um, hope Mikey's doing well. Um, I have seen him recently. I know he started a new job and stuff, so I, I imagine he's pretty busy. Bathy Phila just, oh, got it. Just found the eggs, which is super exciting. Edward Rodriguez, are scuds a good alternative to snails from my lone mean puffer, pea puffer, lone mean machine pea puffer? Sorry, I cannot read. Yes, puffers love scuds. In fact, when I get puffers in and they're emaciated and not feeling well and it's, it's a little hard to get them interested in food, I've never had one turn down scuds no matter how like no matter how bad of shape they were in. Now, I'm sure that there are some puffers that are in such feeling so ill that they won't take scuds, but I haven't found that situation. Um, scuds will get them to eat when nothing else will. So yes, your pea puffer is going to absolutely go nuts, Edward. And it's fun because, yeah, snails are good and they eat them and it's, it's they crunch through them and that's it, great puffer food, right? But the scuds are so active and quick little buggers that... Um, it's a whole different thing for a puffer to hunt scuds than to eat a snail. A snail will kind of go up, grab it, work at it, and eat it. Scuds, they have to hunt. They have to look. They have to see where the scud hid and wait for it to come back out. They have to chase them around really quick. Um, it's a whole different kind of, kind of stimulation and exercise for them. So, yeah, scuds are, I mean, I don't know that they're the best puffer food ever. But for small species of puffers, they really cue into them like, like hard, like it's just a natural food for them. Oh, oh geez, chat did it. Chat just went, we're going to the bottom now. Ugh, hang on. Let me find where we're at. <laughs> Jeez. 
Working on it. Working on it. Hang on. Well, it uh, it won't let me go all the way to the top anymore. Why is that? Okay, the first one I can see, maybe that's why it threw me to the bottom. It was like, we're cutting off now and just going down. Uh, Coastal Aquatics is the first one I see. Um, sorry, anyone whose chat got cut off, but I literally cannot scroll up past Candy and Kayla's Aquatics saying 15 over 180, 150 over 180, all that stuff. <laughs> Bob, would you hit the like, please? <laughs> That's as far up as I can go. So the first comment I see is Coastal Aquatics. Sorry for anyone whose comment or question got cut off. Please repost it. I'll try to keep up a little more now that stuff's kind of moving quicker. Um, how cool have you kept geophagus? Not below the mid-70s, except for the gymnogeophagus. There is a species that I do keep below that. Uh, let me show it to you. So there's a gymnogeophagus, which is really closely related to um, geophagus. And I keep these guys, the balzanis, down low in the upper 60s. Right now their tank's at 70. Um, let's see if I can show you some adults. And the reason is, is they come from uh, more temperate climates. So I, I love these guys. They get these big nuchal humps on them. Really interesting fish from Paraguay, uh, Uruguay, and Argentina. And I used to live in Argentina, and so I kind of have a soft spot for them. But I know how cold it gets in Argentina, and it gets it gets real cold. So there are some species that you can. Um, but my geophagus, mid-70s, is as low as I've kept them. Now, I'm sure there are some species of geophagus from... Uh, southern Brazil or Uruguay or Paraguay, um, especially Uruguay, that can be kept cooler. But I, I don't, yeah, I don't think any of mine come from there, and I, I just haven't messed with their temperature um, tolerances. Kelly's Aquatics, Advanced Fish, have you ever used lysine for suspected virus? I have not. Um, but coming from you, I could check it out. I'll dig into that more. Um, Bob, if you have any specific information on it that you wouldn't mind posting or emailing me, I would, I would, I would love to come up with something that could work for the fish when I've tried everything. Don't see any symptoms, but they just keep dropping on me. Or, or when I do a histology and they're like, yep, full of viruses. I would, I'd love to know. It's used frequently for dogs and cats with good results. I should know that. Does that, I, sh I used to work at an animal hospital. Lysine. It's not ringing a bell. I'll have to dig into that. It has been, you know, over 10 years since I worked at an animal hospital. So some stuff is fading from my memory. Ready Bob's fish room. The Bob is taking off. Thanks for the stream. Thank you for the beard. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Bob. <laughs> Michael Wentworth, at Dance Fish, with the potential of future expansion of Dance Fish, do you plan on getting into dry goods at all, or are you sticking to live fish only? So, I can't speak to the future, but for the future, I can, the foreseeable future, it's it's live fish only. Um, basically, I'm trying to do one thing really well, and that's live fish. 
There's lots of places right now. Amps Aquatics, $10. Enjoy the content. Thanks. Hey, you're welcome, Amps Aquatics. I don't know if you were here, but I um, showed everyone your awesome compressiceps that you have for sale at getgills.com earlier in the stream. So I, I don't know if that'll end up in you getting any sales or not, but I hope it helps because I think that's a great price for those fish. Thanks for listing them. Um, so, Michael, I feel like there's already places that do dry goods pretty well. Um, we've got Gemco. We've got uh, Aquarium Co-op. We've got Amazon for, you know, um, Ken's Fish, although that's uh, used to be used to be a little better. Um, well, that, let's take that example. I'm not speaking bad about Ken's Fish here, but Ken's Fish used to be a place you could go get all kinds of specialty foods and medicines and stuff regularly with reliability. Okay. Then what happened is they expanded into dogs and cats and other pets. Now, half the time when I, more than half the time when I try to order something from Ken's Fish, it's out of stock. Um, and so basically if Ken's Fish had stuck with fish, then they would have done that really well. And I would still shop there all the time. But now that they're diversified, the service has fallen a bit. Um, and I like Ken's Fish still, but that's the reality I've experienced as a customer of theirs um, over the years. And so I don't want that to happen to Dan's Fish. So my goal is get shipping live fish as perfect as possible, scale it up as large as possible, and get the team in place to keep it as consistent and reliable as possible. Once that's really going, then I might consider branching out into other things. But until I get to that point, I don't really, uh, I, I've never lived in that world. So until I get to that world at scale, I won't be able to make any real decision, right? I won't know the reality of being there. But yes, there's the potential that once the live fish thing is kind of maxed out, that it might make sense to diversify into live goods or, um, or plants or, or whatever else we can do to help the business keep growing. But only if we can do it in such a way that it's not at the expense of that one core thing, which is doing live fish as perfectly as possible. Yep. Gibbs, how do you get your foot in the door with wholesalers? Okay. feel like we talked about that. Max, tempted to partake in this geofagus giveaway, but don't have a place to keep them. I know. Max, 3x the number of tanks that you have right now is the key to happiness and world peace so just everything else in your life can wait <laughs> i'm just joking i understand the financial and space constraints and time constraints and everything it's rough but yeah i just think if everyone had three more tank three times as many tanks as they currently have they'd just be three times happier right <laughs> all right Made it to uh, all the super chats. Bob Kaler, thank you so much for starting that. Kent's making it rain, making it rain, making it rain, making it rain. <laughs> Got the skippers. Here we go. Um, okay. Kaler's Aquatics was listing uh, the other question about how cool do I keep the geophagus? Yep, just the mid-70s. I I'm sure some could go lower, but I keep the fish room at the mid-70s. The only reason... The gymnogeophagus are cooler is because I keep the lid off and I put a fan on them to go across to actually purposely cool that tank down. So, and I do that just because there's rice fish in there. 
and yeah, I do it more for the rice fish because the gymnogeophagus can take it cool. They can take it down to 60 degrees, 65 degrees without any problem, maybe even cooler, but they don't mind it hot either. Uh, fairly, I shouldn't say hot. They don't mind it warm either. All right. <clears throat> Mr. DDS1520, not to be confused with Mr. Dentist. Any tips on keeping beneficial bacteria going when medicating with meds that will destroy or inhibit this? No separate quarantine tank available. Can you use things like Fritz? Um, that's a rough one. I think if I was in that situation and I absolutely could not set up a separate tank for medications or separate shoe box, separate plastic container, separate something, I would really question whether I would medicate because the, the question I would be wrestling with is, is it worth medicating and destroying my cycle knowing that the stress of that might kill my healthy fish or is this fish in such bad shape and so dear to me and I have enough confidence in this medicine that if I use it, it's likely to work, that it's worth taking that risk. That's something you'll have to weigh on your own. If I was to use a product to try to instantly cycle a tank or help a tank through a mini cycle or something like that, it would be Dr. Tim's uh, products. Dr. Tim's, what are they called? Um, I forget the name of it, but Dr. Tim's is the um, company name. And the only reason is, is because I have successful experience using those products, um, whereas I've never tried the Fritz products. So I'm not saying Fritz can't work, but Dr. Tim's is the product that worked for me when I needed it. And it was a, a pretty convincing situation that it helped me through. So I'm pretty sure it works. That being said, um, if, okay. So if you have a tank, you have to medicate. Let's say you have to, let's say you just make that decision that's happening. Then remove, uh, oh, this is a tough one. Get it as clean as you can before you medicate. Okay. So take out any plants, put them somewhere else, hopefully where they live. Um, although you might need to destroy them if the whatever you're trying to treat could be uh, really contagious. Um, I would clean the gravel as thoroughly as you can, like suck all the stuff out of it. I would remove your filter. If you're medicating with uh, an antibiotic that kills gram-negative bacteria, like canamycin, nitrofurazone, I'd remove my filter. Um, basically, what I'd be trying to do is removing all the biomass of the aquarium that I can. Because when I use that medicine, it's going to stop that cycle and it's going to kill all the gram-negative bacteria and stuff that's in the gravel and on your filter and everything. And that die-off of that bacteria is going to create ammonia and you won't have a cycle in going in the tank to combat that ammonia, to oxidize that ammonia and make it harmless, right? So clean that thing as good as you can. Scrub the, scrub the sides, take your filter out, get all the junk you can out of the gravel so that when you do medicate, the die-off is as minimal as possible and have your ammonia test get ready and be ready to change 
a big amount of water real quick because that die-off is probably going to make an ammonia spike, okay? So just be aware of that. Um, and then when you're done the treatment and, and keep, keep testing that ammonia throughout, I would do it like twice a day or more throughout the process because that will get you real quick. Once the treatment's over and you're ready to go back to creating a cycle, um, do a large water change, put in a whole bunch of carbon. Like if you have a box filter or a hang on back, you can put a bunch of carbon in. Let that run for a day or so to suck up any residual medicines and then start adding what I would use is Dr. Tim's um, bottled bacteria. I don't remember what it's called. So those are my thoughts, Mr. DDS. Um, that's as best as I have for you. I don't know if I can recommend what I just told you, but that's what I would do if I was in that situation. Hope it's helpful. I'm not a veterinarian. I, I'm limited on what I feel comfortable like recommending or prescribing or whatever when it comes to treating fish, especially in tricky situations. But if that was my fish and I made the decision I have to medicate with a gram negative combating uh, antibiotic, that's probably how I would handle it. And good luck to you, man. It sounds like it sounds like you're in a difficult situation and I, I just feel free. I really do. Um, Max, should the questions, comments be fish related? Yeah. Like this is a fish live stream. So yeah. Um, now I, I don't police that. Like if the question or comment is for me and highlighted for me and you want me to answer, then yeah, fish related is good. I mean, every now and then someone, you know, knows, has been here enough to know, Hey, this has been a thing on YouTube, um, or on the channel or the chat. Let's joke about it. That's fine. Um, and I'm not going to get mad if anyone leaves a comment or question that isn't fish related, but I might not answer it because I am trying to keep it, you know, fish nerds come here. So it just makes sense to make it the majority of what goes on fish related, but every now and then something can be fun. So post it, Max, the worst is I'll, I'll take a look at it and be like, all right, moving on. And no offense if I do that. I'm just trying to keep the show um, good for fish nerds, right? All right. Okay, Michael Wentworth, you've done several giveaways with fish. Thoughts on giveaways for some dance fish or get gills swag? Yeah, maybe. Um, I think, though, that for now I'm going to stick with fish because – I know that the people here like fish, right? So um, for now, I'll stick with that. But I might do a T-shirt or something um, coming up here. But for, for the next while, I think it'll be fish, Michael. That might be something. Um, that might be something to think about for the Get Gills Facebook group, though, like a, a breeding is pleasure T-shirt or something contest. That could be fun. Mr. DDS, um, can you use things that aid in supplying the beneficial bacteria at the same time or no? Um, I think that it, I think if your antibiotic is any good, I think it's going to destroy your beneficial bacteria. That's my guess. Again, I've never tested that, not a veterinarian or anything, but I don't think you're going to be able to keep your beneficial, bac beneficial bacteria alive and healthy and working um, while you're doing an antibiotic bath for gram negative bacteria. Joe coffee, nine, four, seven, six. Oh, and by the way, during treatment, don't feed, don't do anything. Do
do everything you can to avoid um, creating ammonia, right? Sorry, Joe Coffee. You need to use your seduction voice when you say it. Breeding is pleasure. Yeah. Um, I'm actually, okay, so the thespian in me, I come from the theater world, for those that don't know me. Um, Lots of acting and stuff like that. Um, Lots of stage time. And so, trust me, that thought has popped in my head. But I'm purposely not doing it, and I'm probably not going to do it, just because I want to keep this channel accessible to people. And I don't want to do anything creepy that will offend you know, I want the 12 year old kid that's into fish to be able to come in here and learn and participate. Um, I mean, this channel is not a for children channel. You can tell by my demographic who my audience is. Right. But I remember as a kid, I would have died for this. I would have as a kid getting into fish. This would have been everything to me to find a group like this where I could come ask questions, learn because I was full of questions like I wanted to know everything now. <laughs> um, so I'm just trying to keep it open for everyone. So that's why I haven't done that. Trust me, it's, it's popped into my head and I've stopped my impulse each time. Because <laughs> fun is fun, but I could cross over into creepy way too fast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hang on. Chad jumped on me again. So working on it. Okay, so the first comment I can see, apparently chat's going to force me to keep up a little bit, even in live chat. Max, this is the first question or comment I can see. Since your wife is a professional singer, what is the music art scene like in Wyoming? So it's amazing. Uh, So this is the off-topic question you're asking about. So in Sheridan, Wyoming, we have an amazing art scene. We have a theater company that's been going steadily for over 60 years. I used to produce. I was the producer of the Wyoming Theater Festival. Um, There's a lot of independent music scene is pretty good here. So for a small town, Sheridan, Wyoming, I would say we have a very lively art scene. There's something about being this close to nature and weather and long, cold winters that um, I feel like sparks creativity in people. I really like this scene around here. 2ELTD, Chromaphia simian is my favorite genus of killifish from Africa. They are not all softwater species. Correct. Uh, Aphiosimian polyakai or Chromaphiosimian polyakai. Um, the true genus is Aphiosimian. Chromaphiosimian is like, I forget what they call it. I'll call it subgenus, but I think there's a more official name than that. Um, not all of them come from soft acidic water. Uh, Aphiosimian or Chromaphiosimian polyaki is an example of that. And if you're interested in that fish, I have some information about them at dancefish.com. And I think if you check out the listing, there's a link to a video I made on them. If not, that's on the YouTube channel as well. Cheshire Cat, are you going to have males for the Beta Embellus NSA Ruber available? Um, I'm out of male NSA. I have one little baby NSA fry that's growing up that randomly appeared. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be male or female, but that's we're a few months out from knowing. Rubra, I'm down to just females. I, I have no males at all now. In Bellis, I have two males. I'm using them in a breeding project. When the breeding project's done, then I do plan on, on selling the Betta and Bellis males that I have. But until the next... So the wild Bettas I get in whenever I can, but they're only sporadically available. So I'm pretty much out of males until 
they're listed again. And just because they're listed doesn't mean they'll come in. But as soon as I see them, I'll order more big groups of wild type bettas because I love them. Until that happens, though, I'm going to be pretty low. Michael Wentworth, shout out for Caleb. Candy said he is doing well. Definitely great news. Yes. Awesome. Glad to hear that. Caleb, if you're listening, hi. Good to see you. Glad you're listening. Like if you're eavesdropping on your mother. If not, Candy, please, please give my regards to Caleb. Big Feste. Hey, like the username. What do you feed your geophagus? They're not picky, man. They're eating flakes. They're eating, so uh, to get specific, uh, tropical cobalt flakes, P.E. Mysis shrimp pellets, Rapashi community blend, uh, frozen brine shrimp, frozen blood worms. And they really like baby brine shrimp because they like sifting it out of the sand. So I feed a mix of those. We're not picky. Um, Sometimes they take a month or so to transition, but they've been transitioned for several weeks now. They're eating really well on prepared foods. Show us your cool water geos. Yeah, I did. Yep. Uh, Gymnogeophagus, technically. All right. Mega Mindy Lou, how are you liking the GoPro? Takes a lot of courage to dunk it in the water the first time. Oh, that was one of the questions I didn't see from before. Thanks for re-asking it. I love it. And yeah, when I, like, I've had these cheap little, uh, where are they? These, these really cheap little cameras that you can put underwater. Like, they're like 30 bucks, right? Um, and you can put them underwater in a case, and so I was used to doing that and I felt pretty comfortable with that. And then when I got the GoPro and it's like, nope, just dunk it. I was like, but I see like there's holes there. And there's like a hole here. I was like, really? Works every time. <laughs> yeah, I was nervous though, but I really like it. There's some fish that are just so hard to video any other way. Um, sometimes you just have to put a camera in there in the water and, and leave for an hour, come back and hope you got something. New Mexico Aquatics, thank you for answering my cherry barb breeding questions three weeks in a row. You're welcome, little Bobby, and I hope that you get a nice batch. Max, my dad's fam is from Argentina. I am Argentinian citizen too. All right. De qual parte de Argentina sos. Um, orange cones, do you sell scuds? Not at this time. I'm, I'm just too low on them. I, my population got decimated. I oversold. And now I barely got enough to feed my own fish. Um, so I'm waiting till the population grows bigger. But they are available on eBay. That's where I got my original population. Next giveaway, Buenos Aires Tetris. Awesome. Jessica Andres, I'm sorry, Anders, what are your thoughts on APA, API Melafix and Pimafix for algae eater quarantine before putting in discus tank? Or do you recommend something else? So... Melafix and Pimafix, I've, I love the smell, but I'm not a believer. Um, I have used them when they first came out. I was excited about them as everyone else. And um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I feel like they're a Band-Aid and some other medicines are medicine, right? So I don't think it can hurt anything. But if fish has a real problem, I'm not sure that those would be my go-to. That being said, there are fish experts out there that are way more expert than I am that like Melafix and Pimafix. So it might be that it doesn't work in my type of water. It might be that I just don't know enough to see it working or whatever, but I don't use them. 
Um, in fact, I, I had a bunch and finally ended up just giving it away because I never used it. Um, Skipper, at Jessica Anders' question. Thank you, Skipper, for bringing that to my attention. What are your thoughts on APA? Oh, got it. Got it. Uh, she did get one to highlight, so that's awesome. Kelly's Aquatics, lysine is a cheap over-the-counter powder or tab, great for viral breakouts in cats. I sprinkle the powder in the tanks, very benign. Um, is there a specific dosage I need to use, uh, Bob? Because, yeah, <laughs> I'll try anything. Like on these rice fish, I, I'll try anything. I don't know what's going on with them. Use it at the shelter for our vet 20 years ago when he, when he participated in an efficacy study. Awesome. Yeah, Bob, uh, a dose would be awesome. Or, or maybe it's just kind of a supplement. I don't need to worry about overdosing. Um, Firestorm 9918, any experience ordering from Aquabid? I always see the same handful of sellers reposting the same ads. Yeah, so I used to be very active on Aquabid. Um, there, when, back in the 90s when it first launched, it was amazing. And I used it for years. And I like Aquabid. There's some sellers on there that are very, very um, reliable. So I would just say before you purchase from anyone on Aquabid, just read the feedback because there's great people there. And then there's people there that are eh, not so good. So just read the feedback. Let that guide you. There's also an Aquabit has a forum where you can see more detailed comments about sellers sometimes and get more information. And you can get to that form through the Aquabid website. Orange cones, where can I buy scuds? eBay is the last place I saw them. Although I, have, I haven't looked in a long time, but that's where I found them when I needed them. Michael Wentworth, actual dollar cost aside, would you perf your preferred shipping service be USPS, UPS, FedEx? Uh, it's really a toss up. I think I would probably say that UPS and FedEx are probably the same. Um, and in the winter, I would probably go with UPS or FedEx just because USPS Express last winter, I experienced so many delays and I've experienced delays with all of them, but I felt like last winter there were more delays than I had experienced in the past with the other two carriers. So I would say that. Coastal Aquatics, would you recommend keeping geophagus outside in the warmer months when the temperature is right for them? Sure, as long as the pond is set up in a way that, you know, sometimes we set up ponds and we kind of put them up and uh, throw the fish out there and it's like, maybe they'll be okay, right? No real filtration, kind of stagnant water. They can get really hot. So it just depends. If the, if the pond is set up well and it's going to be in a spot where it's not going to get too hot and there's some actual filtration or some something like that going on, then yeah. But if it's your typical guppy pond where you have a 20, 30 gallon plastic tub um, on a concrete block up on the side of your house with some plants floating in it, probably not. So I guess it just depends on the, the quality of the pond, I, I guess is the way to describe that. Yes, later, how big did the giveaway fish get? Uh, most I've ever seen is around the six to eight inch mark. Um, in the wild, they might get slightly bigger, but I'd say six to eight inches, Dan. 
Sherry Robertson, your half peaks are awesome. Are they brackish or can they go brackish? I'm looking for something suitable to go with my young brackish hog choke flou- choker flounders. Yes. So um, I'm keeping them in very soft water, not brackish at all, but they can definitely be kept in brackish. They come from a very wide range. They're going to be fine in full fresh or brackish. So um, in Sherry, it's not going to be a problem converting them from fresh to brackish. They'll, they'll, they'll take that easily. Max, I wish I could have more tanks, but I'm afraid my apartment floor would collapse into apartment below. This building might, <laughs> this building might be pre-World War One. Yeah, I hear you. I totally hear you. Tampa Tom, thoughts on using salt as meds? Um, I love using salt. However, I don't look at it as a medicine. I know that's weird. I look at it as a tonic, which helps the fish recover from stress and helps them while I'm using medicine. So basically, uh, long story short, salt in the water makes it easier on the fish to re- maintain their osmotic, uh, their homeostasis, right? The, uh, the osmotic pressure between fresh and salt water. The, fresh, the fish is a salty animal and they're surrounded by fresh water. So fresh water is constantly trying to invade the fish and be absorbed in the cells to reach homeostasis. And the fish has to work pretty hard to keep that from happening. Adding salt to the water lessens that burden on the fish so it can put that saved energy into recovering from shipment, into fighting off disease, things like that. If a fish has open sores or or external parasites, then salt really helps because those are sites where the water is really prone to invade the fish. Um, Normally, it's just like the gills and things like that. But if they have an open sore, there's ick burrowing into them and things, then salt really helps with that. But I don't look at salt as a medicine so much as um, a stress reducer, an energy saver that the fish can use to then fight a disease. We're at 830. So I'm going to do these last two comments I see, do the drawing, and we're going to wrap it up. So I'm so sorry to anyone that I missed. Um, I'm adjusting to, um, you know, the the speed of the chat as we grow and stuff. So you might have noticed that the last half hour or so I've gone kind of quicker with the comments. Um, I'm trying to go as fast as I can and still give the response the comment merits. So the person actually gets something out of the comment. Um, But I'll, I'll, I'll adjust that as I go and get better as I go. But for now, I'm sorry to anyone whose comment I'm not going to get to, but I did promise my mods that I would end at 8.30. So Sherry Robinson, oh, already got that one. So the last one, the chubby guppy. I usually treat antibiotics in food. It minimizes damage to the biofilter and targets the fish internally. Much better results in my experience. So that might be helpful uh, to, to uh, Mr. DDS. I don't use a lot of antibiotics in food, not because I have anything against it. I just don't. So um, that might be something to try. If you can feed the antibiotics in the food, maybe you won't have the filter crash. Chubby Guppy, I think that's an excellent suggestion. Something worth trying. Okay, we're going to choose our winner here. So the winner is going to get three Geophagus serenomensis. Um, Earlier in this live stream, I showed a video of them that I took earlier today. So you can see the actual fish you're going to get. They were also in the fish room tour that I made a couple days ago. So you can see them there as well. Um, But let's see who the winner is. So, all right, here we go. Hashtag no more professor gets you entered. There's 101 eligible users. 
Oh, real quick, because I'm curious. 163 watching. That is pretty darn good. Thanks, everybody. Not quite the 177, 178. That's our record, but that's not bad. We'll take it. All right, here we go. Now, once I roll, you have like one minute to respond and say, hey, that's me. And then if you don't, we'll just choose the next winner. Okay, so here we go. Drum roll. They're like, just do it, Dan. (laughs) Here you go. So the winner is Maple Street Aquatics. Uh, let's hold congratulations until Maple Street chimes in and we know they're here and they actually win. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise it's always like, yay! And then they don't show up and it's like, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Kayla's Aquatics. Yeah, didn't Brandon win before? Is Brandon Maple Street Aquatics? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't remember Maple Street Aquatics winning. Did they win before? Did they win from me? <laughs> oh, Brandon won Divas. Okay, that's what it is. Because so I was like, I don't remember Maple Street winning anything from me before. Um, well, I don't see Maple Street chiming in to say that they're here. So we might. He's not in the chat. All right. Next one. So we'll cancel that. Oh, okay. Good question. Michael Wentworth, what is the policy on winning multiple drawings from you? Um, If you win twice, you win twice. Like as far as I'm concerned, I'm not going to be like, hey, you won. I mean, it's just the roll of the dice, right? If you get that lucky, you just have, yeah, then it's all good with me. Now, if you win 10 in a row, we might reconsider. Okay, here we go. Number two, Jagator one, Jagator one. Did I say that right? I hope so. So Jagator one, if you're here, you have won the three Geophagus Surinamensis and chime in. <laughs> Lumpy dog. But if you lose twice, you suck. Well, that's most of us suck away. <laughs> All right. Waiting for Jagator. Jagator, if you're in the chat, speak now or forever hold your peace. Man, that's amazing to me. Yeah, this happens every week. I'm hopeful. Oh, Jagator's here. All right, cool. So, Jagator. Here's what I need you to do. Oh, I've been on replay. Sorry. Um, I need you to send an email to dan at dansfish.com by noon tomorrow saying, hey, I won those geophagus. Here's my name. Here's my address. And I'll send them to you on Monday. So congratulations so much. Thanks for participating. Um, Do send me an email and I'll get them to you. All right. Um, And by the way, please do list your address in the email, even if you think I already have it. I don't want to have to hunt around for it. (laughs) Make it easy on me, please. So thanks, everybody, for being here. Um, We'll do this again next week. And Jigator, congratulations. And everyone else, (laughs) apparently, according to Lumpy Dog, (laughs) the rest of us suck. So... (laughs) 
All right, everyone, thanks for participating. I'm gonna shut it down so my mods can have a break. I can say goodbye to my or good night to my kids, and um, and we have some final end time set up for anyone that wants to stream after and all that. We'll do this again next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Until then, I hope you have a good one. Bye bye. <laughs>